This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? I don't know what's going on with my voice. I've got like a uh, like a raspiness going on today. Uh, anyway, this episode I'm super excited about. We get to talk to an American missionary, uh, as uh, he describes himself, Shane Winnings. He goes all across America being a missionary for Christ. But 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 here's the thing: before you turn this off, because I know we've got some listeners that aren't. Uh, big on Christianity. And for those of you who uh, want us to get back out of interviews, well, this is like the last one. And uh, we're fixing to get back to, you know, in the moment things and stuff like that. But before we do that, I believe this one is very important because of this. There's a lot of people who write me all the time, and I've spoken about this. There's a lot of people who feel like they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, And <clears throat> my story, Shane's story are, are similar in some ways, both military guys. Uh, <clears throat> we both don't look like you would imagine, uh, missionaries or whatever to be. And I think that's very interesting. And, and so, um, I thought that I would just, you know, bathe this in some scripture really fast. And, and I got brought to, uh, Matthew 22, uh, and I'm not going to read all of it because I don't want to bore you, but basically this is a parable that Jesus told. Uh, Jesus spoke in parables. Um, a lot of people say that, you know, they think Jesus would really have liked movies today, uh, because he spoke in parable form and things. I've never thought about that. And, um, anyway, this is the parable of the wedding feast and at the very end of it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to do like a movie. I'm going to read the end. And then kind of bring it around back. So, so the very end of this, this is Matthew 22. This is verse 14. And it says, for many are called, but few are chosen. And the parable is about basically there's this king. He wants to throw this wedding feast or whatever. So he tells all these people, go out and tell these people that I am calling them to come here and in a sense, do what I'm telling them to do. Hey, man, I'm inviting you to this feast, this wedding, etc. Now, you can take the wedding or feast literally, or you can take it in context of what the Bible actually wants you to take it. The king in this parable, or God in real life, is calling people to a specific purpose. But it's one thing to be called, it's another thing to be chosen, uh, once you're called, you actually have to acknowledge, accept, and then go and do what you're being called to do. Uh, and this is a very cautionary tale as well, because in this tale, 
the people uh, basically says uh, he sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. It even goes further to say he sent them out again saying, tell those who were invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off one to his farm, another to his business. Interesting. Sounds a lot like us today, right? We feel a calling. We feel like God's telling us to do something, but yet it's just not the right time. We've got uh, a farm to tend to. We've got a business to tend to. We've got uh, a job to go to. And so very many of us get called to do something, but I like the end. For many are called, but few are chosen. And I believe that the chosen comes out of the people that answer the call. That's what I believe. And that's a very, very, very small and, in my opinion, honored group of people that have the ability to be called by God to do something. They actually go and answer the call, and then they are chosen to go down the path that they're supposed to go. I think that's very powerful. And I think that with that scripture and that parable and that tale, when you hear Shane Winning's story, when you hear his path to where he got where he is now, today, and you, and some of you would be like, well, you know, how do we know he's been successful in what he was doing? Well, Shane Winnings is on our show. <laughs> so obviously he's doing something that's getting noticed in the Christian world and what he's doing is actually really cool. So I challenge you, do not turn off of this. I challenge you to listen to what this man has to say because it is a uh, blueprint for the rest of us in answering the call that God puts on our life, uh, living in the purpose, the real purpose that God has for us. So I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm going to quit preaching. I got this new Bible and uh, it's very excited. It's it. Look, I, for those of you who are watching, I really like it because like when I point with it, it does this bend thing. Like I'm like a, like, this is like a, I don't know. I feel like I could slap somebody with this, you know, and just, you know what I mean? Like, Bam, it's got a good, it's got a good Bible thump to it. Like I like it a lot. Either way, that's it for my soapbox today. Uh, coming up next, Shane Winnings, American missionary. Uh, but before we get to it, we got to get into a sponsor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm just going to tell you like it is. You need to go to puretalk.com and use the promo code Graham to switch over to a company that cares about your values. But on top of that, I did some research the other day. I was with AT&T for forever, and we've got the, the latest iPhones. We've got unlimited talks and text. We've got uh, the, you know, the hotspot and all this stuff. And, dude, it cost me 230 bucks a phone. To be able to do that. So Seriously? I went to Pure Talk. I went to Pure Talk and I typed in two lines uh, and I did the unlimited talk, text, and data. Um, and then the 25 gigabyte gigabyte hotspot. And it's 117 bucks a month for both lines, i.e., total. It's 58.50 per line. Insanity. 
insanity the amount of money we're paying to these companies that do not care about our values and spit in the face of what we believe every single day. So I don't feel like there's a whole lot else to say. Go support these people. Get rid of your plan. Get rid of those the, those woke companies that do not care about your values. Go to puretalk.com right now and enter the pro, promo code GRAHAM. Uh, and you, the average company save or the average family saves 75 bucks a month. I mean, what what else do we need to do at this point? With Pure Talk's no risk money back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, enter the promo code Graham, and save 50% off your first month. So if you're like me, you got two phones, unlimited everything. That's uh, $117 a month, but you get 50% off your first month. That's 58 50. That's a pretty good what deal. Are you waiting, what, what are you waiting on? Go to puretalk.com, promo code Graham, now. All right, and without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Shane Winnings is here. Man, how yeah. are you, brother? I'm doing well. Your it's beard been a great is weekend. so much more majestic than mine. I don't know if we can have this he's got us. He's got us beat uh, real bad. Well, you can grow right here. I can't grow it right here. Yeah. And so I tried this like beard oil. <laughs> And, yeah. and vitamin spray. I don't know. I think it worked. It just popped out. Yeah, well, you know, that. I shaved every day for years, yeah, so I finally yeah. gave it a chance, and it showed up on first me. First thing I did mm. when I got out, and you're a, you're 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 a fellow Army veteran yourself, and first thing I did when I finally said, you know what, I think I'm going to talk for a living. I think I think there's something there. I quit shaving. A razor has not touched this face since December of 2016. Hey. That's just that's as long as it gets. Yeah. It, well, no. I, I I trim it with I like, a, okay, like a okay. like a thing, but I mean like actual razor and everything. Okay, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. Because mine doesn't grow right here, I can't let it grow because it, it doesn't. It yeah, doesn't look. It doesn't. Funky. Yeah, it starts to look weird when it's when it's too. Far I out. shaved it once. I grew it out a little shorter than this. Um, I got out last year. Really? Well, no, well, I got out. So I was uh, in the army for four years. Then I was a cop for five years. So oh, I was shaving okay. again. You wow. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I quit that last year. I grew it out. And then I was like, man, I, I want to see what I look like clean shaven. There's a reason that God like allowed us to grow beards. <laughs> yeah. Because I hated my face. I tell. <laughs> I was like, I, I miss it. I tell everyone, unless you're in some kind of line of service, any man that can grow a beard Ought looks a better beard. with a beard it's true. than without a beard. Yeah, and, it and, should be and, a law. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> it should be mandated by law that, that if you have the ability to grow a beard, yes. you should, you, you should totally just do agree. it. I totally agree. Anyway. <laughs> all right. It helps with our profession. People listen. They're like, oh, he's got a facial People hair. I should listen, listen to him. listen to men with beards. It's weird. They just do. You well, command respect. Well, and and if I were to shave We're it mature. off, I, I would look 10 years younger. Right. Well, I would probably look my actual age. Like, I'm, I'm 35. Okay, but, I wouldn't have guessed that. But, but, but I look 42 or 43. Yeah, I'm 32 it, next month. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so if I shave the beard off, I, you know, I feel like I would look 35 then instead of super old. <laughs> anyway, all right. Yeah. So We're here to talk so, about beards. So, so yeah, apparently. Uh, beards and Christianity. Anyway, well, you know, Jesus. Anyway, all right, the point is, all right, moving forward. Um, so you are a guy that seems very much like myself. And, and what I mean by that is... <clears throat> Look kind of like a gruff dude. Uh, you, you obviously go to the gym and stuff. Yeah. You obviously are a veteran, right? Like yeah. it's very easy to tell. I wish it wasn't stereotypical, but nine times out of ten, it is. Like yeah, it's true. yeah, that guy obviously did something, right? Uh -huh. And and so, um, I'm very interested to hear how you went from being in the military, being in law enforcement, 
to feeling that pull from God that there was something else that you were supposed to do. Yeah. Um, because we have felt that ourselves. And in the past year, we've really made a shift to more kingdom work things. Uh, we started speaking in churches awesome. now that will have us and, yeah. and things like, you know, everybody won't I know. You know, let us in That's there. The and, and, and so I'm very interested to hear your journey. And, and then we'll talk about your experiences here in a minute. But, but how did you go from veteran to cop to preacher? Sure. So uh, I went to ROTC. I was on a scholarship in college. Oh, yeah, okay. the officer route. My okay. dad was an officer all right, all right. in the Air Force, and he was like, "Hey, you're either going to join the military, or get a get a college, you know, scholarship." So right. I ended up getting an ROTC scholarship, and that was like my dream was like to join the military. And you know, I went to airborne school, and I was a freshman in college, and I was right. kind of hooked. Yeah. So I ended up getting uh, assigned to a special forces unit, and just had a really awesome, you know, time in the military. I loved it, and. It was it was weird. Like I thought I was going to be a career military guy. I did too. You know, yeah. I had I had a couple of generals that I became friends with that were like, "Man, you could be where we're at one day." And I'm like, "That's what I want," you know. And then I just felt this random feeling. You know, I was a Christian, but I did not have a relationship with God. So I, mm. at the time, I wouldn't recognize it was God telling me. Right. But now I see God told me to get out. He just told me get out of the military. I was supposed to promote to captain and go to the SFQ course. And uh, he told me to get out. And so I was like, okay. And so I, I was applying to different police departments. Well, during that time is when I basically got called out by this girl at my church. And I had this wild encounter with God where he told me, like, you've never served me a day in your life. Right. And I'm uh -huh. like, oh, you know, I was a mega church drummer. I, I've been in church since I was a kid. And God's telling me you've never lived for me a day in your life. Yeah. And so I had this moment of, like, conviction. And I confessed. And I really gave my life to the Lord. That happened uh, in January 2016, and I had already dropped my papers to leave in April. So now I have this period where I feel like I'm called to preach. Like literally the day after I got born again, I was like preaching on social media. You know, I was like, look what God did in my life. You know, I've been saved like a day. Yeah. Um, so I had this weird struggle where, okay, I, I felt like police work was the next best step. Right. It made sense. But now I don't even really want to be a cop anymore. I want to be a preacher. So I was kind of wrestling with that through the academy. And I ended up just kind of laying it down to the Lord in the capacity that I wanted to do it. Because I wasn't even ready. You know, I was a baby Christian. Yeah. So I would preach on the street. Everywhere I would go, I'd pray for people. I'd preach on planes and buses, just anywhere. I'd just open air preach. And I did that for like five years while I was a cop during at night. And then in 2020, I started preaching on TikTok because COVID hit. All the kids are on TikTok exploded on TikTok, you know, 800,000 followers in less than a year. And through that, you know, I got linked up a turning point. I got linked up with this group called One Voice Student Missions, which is who I'm with. Okay. Um, they're, they're more commonly known as the Jesus Clubs. That's one of our kind of arms. But we help set up clubs in high schools, public schools, where kids are preaching during lunch. Wow. It's incredible. Like in California, we had like seven, 800 kids packing an auditorium That's every amazing. week, yeah. you know, to hear the gospel. So it was really cool. Mm. So I linked up with them and... I was just kind of posting content with them and I was running my TikTok. I was a cop. I was trying to work overtime to pay off bills. And I felt like I had two full-time jobs. Right. And I was like, Lord, something's got to give, <clears throat> you know? Exactly. And uh, basically, long story short, I went down to visit these guys, these missionaries in Texas for like a three-day retreat. And on the way home on this red-eye flight, God spoke to me and it was like, you'll never work another shift as a cop. Like you're gonna go be an unpaid missionary. And I started bawling on the plane because I knew it was God. 
Yeah. And within 19 days of him speaking that, I quit my job, we sold our house, and I moved a pregnant wife across the country to Texas, and I've been it. doing mission work ever since. I love it. So wow. it, it was a really random encounter because I had a six-year plan to pay my house off, thanks to Dave Ramsey. <laughs> we were going to move to Florida, buy a nice house in cash, no, yeah. no mortgage, and just start a ministry because mm -hmm. no doors were opening. So I said, God, I don't see anything, so I'm going to go after this until you move me. Right. And then a month or two later, like he moved us big time. Yeah. So uh, that, that, that is... It was wild. It's a crazy story. Okay, yeah. so a, 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 a miss, so is missionary like the, yeah. the, the the main? I'm an American missionary. American missionary. Yeah. Okay, so in today's society, especially since it's the last two years or so, I'm curious. How is that? Um, how are you perceived? How are you accepted? In churches and things like that, because I know us like we have made a very dramatic shift. But we have, you know, this eight years now of being right. this super everywhere, super vocal, you know, conservative guy, Christian. Yeah, of but, course. But, but very, very, you know, bam, you know, like, yeah. like in your face. They know what you stand for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, yeah, it's very obvious. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, if Graham Allen comes and speaks at your whatever, you know what's going to be talked about. Right. And, and so we... That you know, I felt very similarly. Ran for Congress, didn't go my way, uh, which I know now was the Lord. Yeah. But but once it was over, you know, I told everybody before I ran for Congress, I I truly believe that I because of what we do and who we know, I saw like forty percent behind the veil hmm. of politics. When I ran for Congress, I I truly believe that God allowed me to see fifty percent hmm. behind the veil, and that extra ten percent was so dark wow, and it was so evil and it was so corrupt that when the race, I was actually happy when president Trump called me because you know, we know each other pr pretty well. And he called me to let me know out of respect, Hey, I'm going to go with the other guy. And which I thought was really classy of him to do that oh, and, yeah. because he didn't have to, you yeah. know? And, but, but when he called me, I found myself relieved and I was hmm. like, I was like, okay, uh, cool. And, and the ironic thing is my entire career, I wanted to get to the level to where I was speaking at Trump rallies, because in the conservative world, if you can make it to a level that you're speaking at Trump, uh, you have made it right. right. Like you have there. There's no, big no bigger platform. Right. So I finally get to speak. This was January. OK, finally get to speak. There's thirty five thousand people there. Wow. And I didn't even want to do it. Very much like you. Hmm. I finally reached this pinnacle that for eight years I've been trying to get to. And when I'm finally there, I don't even want to be there. And I don't even want to do it. And because I felt God was telling me, okay, you've seen it now. Yeah. You've seen things that nobody else is going to know or, 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 or will have seen. Now I want you to go tell the church about it. Wow. And now I want you to go tell them, hey, this is what's actually going on. And this is why I believe that Christians need to be engaged and empowered yeah. to take back our culture yes. instead of our churches being allowed to be influenced by our culture. No, it's true. And and so anyway, that was a long thing to get to the point of since then, two churches have let me come speak <laughs> since then. Yeah. And, 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 and so I'm curious, what what is your experience been? And what has your reception been and what it is that the, the, the Lord has brought you to do?
All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen, do not believe the hype. Biden and the White House are celebrating over the fact that they got gas down into the threes. Uh, congratulations. You're still almost $2 above what you know we had it under President Trump. Listen to me. I have spoken to contractors, uh, commercial real estate, residential real estate, all of the above. Ladies and gentlemen, things are only going to get worse. This new uh, Inflation Reduction Act thing that they passed, it is what we're spending and spending and spending. It is only going to get worse. So I am pleading with all of you right now as a dad, as a husband, as a person that's trying to figure out a way to retire one day and leave my kids something, you owe it to yourself to go to birchgold.com right now and check out how you can protect <clears throat> your savings, how you can protect your 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 financial stability for forever with precious metals like gold and silver. It's super easy. It's no obligation. It's simple. All you got to do is text the word Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898. I'm asking every single one of you to do this. Send a text right now. I know you're on your phone. I know it. You can't listen to this unless you're on your phone. Grab your phone and text the word G-R-A-H-A-M to 989898 right now to get a free 20-page info kit. Free information is vital information, and you owe it to yourself and your family to go right now. Text the word Graham to 989898 now. Sure. You know, I think for me, like... I'm very clear on where I stand. And I tell people, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't say, oh, I'm a Republican or something. I'm a conservative person. Absolutely. And yeah. that is only because the closer I get to Jesus, the more conservative my views <laughs> yeah. become. It's like, weird how that happens. Yeah. You know, it's just, I'm just not a liberal progressive type person. I just don't identify with any of that. Right. Um, and so when I'm voting, I'm looking for candidates that align with my biblical values. Absolutely. I care less about the other stuff, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for me, you know, while I make that stuff known, like that's not really what my I've used my platform for. Absolutely. And I kind of was wrestling with that when I started to, you know, I was gaining a lot of followers. I think I was gaining like 20 or 30,000 a week on TikTok and wow. like 5,000 a week on Instagram. So it was like exploding. Yeah. And, you know, it was right during all the, you know, pandemic stuff or whatever. And I was wrestling with like, what can I post and what should I not post? And I would post something sometimes and the Lord would be like, take that down. I, I did not give you a platform for that. Right. And so he quickly made it clear like what my platform is going to be about. And it was pretty much strictly like preaching the gospel and, and tearing down strongholds, you know, wrong ways of thinking uh, and specific issues like abortion and, you know, yeah. same sex marriage and all that stuff. I speak out about that. But as far as like politically people, while they know where I stand, I've never like gone there from the pulpit. Oh yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I think that, um, it's been a little easier for me. Uh, honestly, the biggest pushback I get is like a lot of people don't believe in miracles. You know, they don't want me to come pray for the sick or something. Cause they, or, or they think like, I'm going to go up there and like cast a demon out or something crazy. How, how you can claim to be a Christian yeah. and not believe in miracles. I is, know it's fascinating to yeah. me. Yeah. Again, th this goes with, and I like the way that you, here, here's where I'm at. And I would love, you know, your, your disagreements or, or agree. Yeah. here's where, here's, here's where I'm at. I believe that COVID and everything revealed so much about the church. A hundred percent. And, uh, and when I say the church, I'm talking about the infrastructure, right? right. The, 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 the leadership of these churches, et cetera. 
I believe that, that, that there is going to be, very much like yourself, I believe there's going to be a new generation, pastors, uh, evangelists, missionaries, church planners, etc., that don't look like people think that they're supposed to look. They don't right. sound the way that people think they're supposed to sound. And I also believe that there are different people for different things. Yes. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk about the word prophet anymore because it like weirds people out, you know, <laughs> but, but, but in the Bible, you know, there was even prophets back then and prophets were more of the uh, people of warning more yes. than anything else. Like, Hey, do you not see what's going on? Do you not see what you're doing? Do you not see right. how we've turned away and how our, uh, you know, our world is suffering because of it? Yes. And, 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 and maybe you can speak to this, maybe not. It seems like in church culture right now, all we, all people want is people that only preach. Um, if you love Jesus, everything's going to work out. Okay. Yeah. And God's going to take care of you. They seem to not want any room for people like yourself. Right. Uh, you know, like I said, people hate the word prophets, but but people that come with warning, uh -huh. you know, uh, it just seems like there there seems to be this push to dumb down. It's true. And water down religion. No, it's true. And, you know, a prophet really should serve as a guide, you yeah. know, like a like prophetic, like spiritual direction of a church. And Absolutely. like you said, to warn like, hey, you know. We are muddying up our message with culture, yeah. or culture is, you know, seeping into our church. Like we yeah. need to stay and it should vigilant. Be the exact opposite. Uh huh. And unfortunately, that stuff doesn't put butts in seats. Yeah. You know. And so, and I've said this before. Like I'm not mad at the church. I'm upset because I started to realize that churches that are dependent on finances at some point will sacrifice the voice of the Lord right. for what practically is going to bring the tithe in. Right. You know, even yeah. if, even if you have someone who starts with a pure heart, the w I feel like the way the model is set up, there's, there's going to come a time where it's like, man, if I start talking about this yep. or if I go against this, or if I call this issue out, I know is in my church, I'm going to lose some members and our, our budget just can't handle that. Yeah. And that is earthly wisdom. It's sensual and demonic. Oh, I know you that's know? true because it's I've had conversations with pastors and that, that have said those exact things. And they're afraid to bring you in because they're like, if we bring this guy in, he's going to rub people the wrong way. Yep. And some of them might be donors. And so we're just safer right. to not bring guys like you in. Exactly. And so, so my question is, for and I've asked everybody this, you know, for, for for the listeners that see what we see, right? They feel what we feel. You know, we just talked about on another uh, interview I did how I believe that there are churches that are so spiritually dead that it is truly just this transactional thing. You show up, do your thing. Oh, I love Jesus. Text you know, your name and save to this number, which is really just a data collection scheme is all that is. And, uh, you know, what, what, what do we say to the people that feel that like you and me, and I'm still working that out yeah, on yeah. my side, because, you know, how do I do that? How, uh -huh. do, how do I, how do I do more kingdom work when, and I hate to say it like this because it sounds so just pompous but when graham allen is this person that for eight years has just been such this uh what's the word a blunt instrument yeah. for conservative values in america right 
What would you say to people that are feeling that tug on their heart? Like, what do they do? Like, what steps do they take? They're in a spiritually dead church or a woke church. They feel like God's telling them to do something, but they don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. Um, For me, you know, we were serving in a church that um, there was some compromise in areas. And we just felt after serving for a while that it was time to go. Yeah. Um, And we loved, you know, we had a a leadership changeover because of some issues and we loved the leaders who took over. But there were just still some things that we were not really cool with. And I don't know, it just felt like it was our time to step away. And so I think first it's, it's like having permission to leave. Yeah. You know, first of all. Um, you know, we didn't leave church hurt or anything like that. We didn't go church shopping. We just felt like, man, our season here is up. And I had served there for, you know, eight years, Right. Um, you know, on the worship team and all kinds of places. And I ended up going back to a church that I'd been involved in that was super spirit filled, just loved the Lord, really like in every way would submit to Jesus um, and his leadership, especially on the weekend services. And so we just felt like, man, this is where we're called to be. And, uh, you know, a couple months after switching there is when we got called out and now we're in Texas, you know, we go to an amazing church. We go to upper room in Dallas, which is like such a blessing, but I think people need to understand, like you need to have permission to, to leave. If you, if you feel like God has called you to that church, then maybe start having some conversations, you know, with leaders or whatever and say, Hey, you know, I am coming humbly with this, but I'm noticing this and it's a discrepancy with the word. And I just kind of want to understand what's happening. Maybe there's a perspective I don't have. I think that's taking the humble route instead of saying like, I see this, this is wrong. Give them a chance to explain. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll give you a perspective that you didn't have, or maybe they'll bury themselves with a horrible answer and you'll have your confirmation. Right. But I think, you know, the right thing to do would be to approach the leadership, see if they're willing to change or at least talk about it. And if not, ask the Lord really like, do you want me to continue going here? What is, what's my purpose? Am I, am I supposed to be here or am I, you know, involved in a, kind of a, a social club, you right. know, and find a good spirit filled church, yeah, um, absolutely. but don't, don't get bitter. Don't leave angry. Don't leave church hurt. You know, understand that, man, people are they're Some of them are doing the best they can. We're just yeah. destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And some of them really don't have pure hearts and they're out for money or they're out for fame or they're out for whatever. Right. I don't want to be involved with that either. Yeah. You know, even since the last year and a half, I've had to kind of distance myself from a couple people that I have done ministry with because some things have come up and I contacted them personally and they didn't want to repent. And they, they openly said like, Hey, I'm going to keep doing this thing. And I said, well, Hey, I love you, but I can't support you anymore. And I kind of silently withdrew my support. And so I think just that takes courage too, you know, it's uncomfortable, but just finding that space to be like, man, it's okay for me to leave a place that is not flowing with fresh water that is not producing the fruits of the spirit and go find a place that is. Yeah. That's not church shopping because I'm hurt because they talked about this and whatever. I think that's saying, man, I want to be filled on a weekly basis right? and I'm going to go find a place that'll do it. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. What would you say 
as Christians, what would you say is the biggest threat to Christians right now? Our biggest misunderstanding, our biggest lie that Christians are believing right this second. Oh man, I, I just think, you know, so much of the world is, is creeping in to the church. And the biggest threat, I believe, honestly, is pastors that aren't speaking out. Right. Um, because they are responsible for their congregation. And, and if you're going to call yourself a pastor, which, you know, people have been calling me pastor this weekend and I'm like, dude, I'm not a pastor. You know, I'm a preacher. Yeah. Like, oh, you pastor a digital flock. And I'm like, I, you know, whatever. Thanks. Yeah. But, but if you're going to call yourself a pastor or take the role of a pastor, you have to understand that you're being entrusted with sheep. Like yeah. you're the shepherd and a, a, a shepherd that allows a wolf to come in is not a good shepherd. Right. And there's even a parable. I can't remember where it is. It's in Luke because Luke's full of parables. But it talks about how um, the like the the shepherd or the gardener, whoever it was, he allowed um, this enemy to come in and sow tares. And God will allow it to grow. He'll He'll actually allow this thing to happen. He'll separate it later. But the point was like, you could have this shepherd that is weak and unwilling to speak up about things and unwilling to really lead people, which isn't always popular. I found that out when I was an officer in the army. You know, yeah. I, I had 76 soldiers. I was 22 years old. Yeah. Some of them were older than old Butterbar. They, they huh? had been yeah. in longer than I'd been alive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm leading them. You know, that required humility. I leaned on my NCOs. You know, I leaned on those who had been there. But E7s there was are lifesavers. Yes. Yeah. But there were times when I had to make the decision. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I, I always had to make the decision, but there were times where I had to go <laughs> against what people were saying because I really felt like this is what's going to be best. Yeah. And and it wasn't popular, but it would at the end they would go, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad we did it this way. You know, and sometimes it wouldn't work out. I owned that. I think pastors need to get into this place of realizing like Hey, you have to make bold decisions. You, you're going to have to talk about certain things because if you don't, and this kind of ties in with everything we're talking about, if you don't speak to culture, then only culture is going to be speaking. Only the voice of the enemy is going to be speaking. Right. And what I'm seeing even on TikTok, you know, if you scroll for five minutes on TikTok, like it's pretty bad. This yeah. is what kids are seeing. Yeah. So imagine if you took every Christian voice out of TikTok, it would just be bad. Yeah. Kids are still on it. So we need more people speaking. We need pastors who are willing to stand up because the Bible makes it clear, like if you're going to let an enemy come in, God will allow what's happening to, to fester and to grow in order that later there would be a separation, but that's going to hurt in the yeah. process. And so, you know, I, I made a video warning pastors saying, Hey, I love you guys. Please don't let the enemy come in. It says while they were asleep. That's what the parable says. While they were asleep, an enemy came in and sowed tears. Yeah. And I'm like, how many people have been spiritually asleep or they're playing sleep? Like when you're a kid and your mom walks in late at night yeah, and you pretend yeah, to be asleep. Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know why we did that. But like how many pastors have pretended to be asleep to certain issues and the enemy's just coming in sowing tears? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And ruining the wheat. And so it's like, man. We need people who are bold. And yeah. I'm, that's why I'm thankful for people like you who are uh, like unapologetically no, I'm thankful for people out. like you, man. Thank La you. Last question here is, what would you say to the people, and, and I'm, I'm asking for myself when I say this, <laughs> what would you say to the people that feel like God's telling them to go do stuff? Um, I'm not a pastor. I have no desire. I don't have the temperament to be a pastor. Yeah. I just don't. I mean, you know, everybody's got their gifts. Uh -huh. Everybody's got their... And not everybody is everybody's flavor, right? right. Like, like, like some people like 
expository preaching. Some people like topical only. Some people like topical mixed with expository. Some people like super energetic preachers. Some people like line by line this and right. that. I, I, I am a realist in understanding everybody's not going to be everybody's flavor, and I get that. What would you say to people that feel like God's telling them to do something, but they just feel underqualified mm. to do it? That's good. Um, what, you know, because I know that I said, like, God, you can't possibly be telling me to do these things. Do you know how many mistakes I've made? Right. Like, I, 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 like no, there's no way yeah. that I could do this stuff. What would you say to the people that hopefully feel that way? Because I feel like that's kind of like a prerequisite. Like you totally. should feel like you feel it. you're not worthy to do something like yeah. that. Uh, what would you say to those people that are stirring with that right now? Sure. Well, you know, the Bible, it talks about like he doesn't he doesn't call the qualified. Yeah. He qualifies the called, you yeah. know, and that's that's such a popular saying, but it's true. Like he if you look through the Bible, you know, think about the Hebrews Hall of Faith in chapter 11. All these people that are named had massive failures in yeah. some way, but that is not what they're remembered for. Right. Like they're remembered for trusting in God through their life. And so I want to encourage people like, you know, whatever mistakes you've made, you're not defined by that. You right. know, if we're Christians, we're not defined by our good works. We're certainly not defined by our bad works. We're defined by the work of the cross, the yeah. finished work. And so Colossians 1, it says, we're holy, blameless, and righteous in the sight of God if we continue in the faith, if we continue enduring and just believing that God, you know, really feels this way about us. So I think proper identity is going to help someone step into what they're doing, because if they don't, they might feel called, but that insecurity will eat them alive and yeah. it'll probably choke them out and keep them quiet. So it's like, one... Just submit and be like, man, maybe I'm not awesome or maybe I am. It doesn't matter. Yeah. God is awesome. He wants to use my voice for whatever reason I feel like he does. And so I'm just going to submit and whatever that looks like. Don't try to be someone else. Just go like there's we don't need another Billy Graham. You yeah. Know? He came and went and we're so thankful for everything he did. We need whoever you are. We need the yeah. next person. We have enough. You know, we don't we don't need more imitations. Uh, we need unique personalities because you're going to reach people that I could never reach yeah. and, and vice versa. Well, that's so weird. You I know? Ju I just said that the other day. It's over true. There. Yeah. And, and so it's like, we're all needed and, and we'll reach a lot of the same people, but we will reach people that each other can't. And so I think it's just people coming in first with a proper identity of who they are and who God is. I'm not more awesome for doing this. I'm not less awesome for, because of the way that I've lived. I'm defined by the blood of Jesus. Okay, cool. My identity is in check. Now I have to be obedient. Doesn't actually matter how I feel. Yeah. God wants me to be obedient. You know, I even think about David who God asked him to build this altar. And so uh, David went to get all the supplies for it. And this guy was like, here, I'll give you everything you need. And David's like, no, I need to pay for it. And the guy's like, no, I'll give it to you. And David says, I will not build something for the Lord that doesn't cost me anything. And so it, it was such a testament because he could have taken everything for free. Yeah. So we need to build things that cost us something and maybe it costs people their comfort. Yeah. My wife does not like speaking at all. <laughs> she doesn't. Neither does mine. She but, doesn't like it at all. But she has felt just gnawed at by this like loving conviction of the Lord telling her like, you've been disobedient. I've been telling you to speak for like two years. And so she's finally submitted in obedience, totally uncomfortable to her, but she started speaking. She started going live and doing all these other little interviews and stuff. And so it's like God desires our obedience more than anything else. Yeah. So for these people that are going, know your identity in Christ, 
know who you are and just be obedient. Like it, it doesn't have to feel amazing, you know? Yeah. You don't have to enjoy doing it, but if God's telling you to do it, then I would rather walk in obedience than not. And you'll be amazed at the fruit. I mean, I never thought I'd be where I'm at now. Yeah. I wanted to reach as many people as possible, but I didn't think I'd have, you know, over a million followers and be doing all this stuff and, and preaching to, you know, tons of people. God's brought me here in a yeah. year, you know, what, what's he going to do in 10 years? I don't yeah. know, but I'm just going to keep saying yes, because he's never forsaken me. And David even said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Yeah. So I just want to continue saying yes, and we'll see where he takes me. I like that. Give God your yes. All right. What, what a great way to end that on. Where can people go? To support you, see what you've got going on. Well, where can people go? Yeah, well, I have a website, uh, shanewinnings.com. Just basic info. You know, I can be booked on there for speaking. They can donate to our ministry. They can buy my my devotional uh, for ten bucks, or they just on you know any social media. Search my name, Shane Winnings, on YouTube or Shane Dot Winnings on Instagram and TikTok. I love it. Well, I've loved this conversation. Yeah, me too. I'm man. gonna come hear you preach, man. Cool. O- Oklahoma, right? Yeah, we're yeah. gonna do it. I- I'm going. I want to check it out. It's and, gonna and be awesome. We're gonna have to co- have you come on more, That'd be where great. we can have longer conversations. But thanks so awesome. much, man. I yeah, appreciate thanks it. Thanks a lot. Absolutely.